Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, Associate Producer and Starista's Creative Copy Manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. We're taking a break this month, but thought we'd reshare some takeaways from season one. In this episode, we hear from Miriam Kendall, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Makespace, Andrew Koenig, President at City Furniture, Sue Beckett, Vice President of Digital Marketing and E-Commerce at Lovesack, and Arnold Glick, Integrated Marketing Manager at The Farmer's Dog. Each guest discusses how their direct-to-consumer model became essential for their customers during the pandemic. Give it a listen. Rahul Gandhi um, and a couple of other co-founders actually after Hurricane Sandy had this experience of they had to um, renovate their places and so they had to store their stuff. And they realized how awful they experienced it, especially like downtown Manhattan, like where um, you don't even own a car, so you've got to go rent a car. You've got to take your stuff, you've got to like wrap it up and pack it, and then you go out to some storage unit in some, you know, seedy neighborhood somewhere, and they only have, you know, a a facility that's twice as big as you want. So you just have to pay for whatever is available at the time. And, and, and there's no service whatsoever. It is all on you. And, and, you know, and especially for people living in dense cities, it's just such an awful, unpleasant experience. And it can be super um, expensive to do. But with MakeSpace, you know, we come to you, we do everything for you. And, um, and you only pay for the storage that you use, no matter how much you have, no matter how big or how small. Um, so yeah, but, so it's exactly what you said. Like it was founded out of a horrible, horrible experience from our um, our founders. Yeah. And how has it been through 2020? Uh, I I have my guess on it and take on it just again, because I see so many people from New York City moving out of Manhattan, I mean, Manhattan being the epicenter and of, of what COVID was with COVID and people just kind of like, well, I can't enjoy all the restaurants and all, I pay so much money to live here. As make space business increased during this time? Yeah, I actually feel a little bit guilty. We're, we're doing amazingly well. And um, when COVID first happened, we were all, I mean, as the whole world was kind of nervous about what was it going to do to our business and, and, um, and how would people react? Um, but we were actually very quickly designated an essential service. Um, and so we were able to continue to operate. We tried to operate with hands off, no contact delivery and, and, and pickup. Um, so, but yeah, like you said, like a lot of people were moving back in with their parents. There were um, you know, people moving out of cities and people who had expensive leases who just didn't want to pay for them anymore, especially when they felt like cities were kind of dangerous. Um, just a huge amount of movement. And I think for the storage industry in particular, people weren't really sure what they were going to do. They didn't want to make new long-term commitments. So they weren't signing new leases. So they just really wanted a place to put their stuff while they tried to figure everything out. And so what people would have maybe normally been a short-term store with us, they just kind of left it because it's so easy and convenient just to have it there while they're trying to make decisions for their lives and you know what's the next chapter for them. The pandemic, obviously mid-March, early April, uh, big scare um, and you know, everything being shut down, stores being shut down. At that time, that was still about 95% of our sales were coming through stores. Um, uh, but then we, we, we have a really strong technology platform 
And so we, you know, a lot of that business shifted online. Once we realized, and I think once consumers realized um, the stay-at-home economy, the shift to, you know, people staying home, their importance uh, to their home was higher than ever. It's now their restaurant. It's now their staycation. It's now their homeschooling. Uh, you know, I think as, as those trends in consumer behavior started happening in April, May, June, uh, we started to see our sales come back. And with the strong technological background, online presence, web chat, sales phone calls, I mean, we were doing virtual appointments, hold all of our sales associates, 900 of them have sales, sales iPads. We're walking around the store, showing the customers the product. They're literally asking us to stand in front of it, you know, to visualize the height, the width, whatever. Uh, and uh, we offered, in, when it was appropriate, we offered in-store safe online, one-store private appointments. So technology was really absolutely core to helping us adopt to this consumer behavior. And then the customer was just buying in 20 different ways that we didn't expect. And, uh, you know, furniture is pretty essential when you're being asked to stay at home. So demand really picked up uh, through the roof and um, happy to say we're actually on track. You know, now, you know, fast forward, we're in November, we're on track to beat our original goals that we set in January pre-pandemic that we even knew was coming. So, uh, but, but overall, the home is more important ever. Huge shift in share of wallet to the home anything to do with home, try to get a pool right now, try to get a roof, get your roof done. It's like, a, it's a one to two year waiting list I've heard all across the country. Uh, so, so our business is, uh, um, uh, you know, in, in great need and great demand. I watched a, a lot of little old ladies walk into our store, even during the pandemic saying, I need a freaking mattress. This is essential <laughs> to me. Give me, give me, I need a mattress today, you know? And um, so I think, you know, I think uh, uh, a lot of furniture retor retailers out there, we had to close down from, you know, state mandates and, and such. Um, but furniture is pretty, pretty, pretty essential when you're asked to stay at home all the time. really fortunate that because of the nature of our products, um, they fit in very well into the lives of a lot of different types of groups of people. And so when you think about the fact that you can add as many seats and sides as you want, you could start off as a young person, you know, newly out of your parents' house and have, a, you know, a love seat. And then as you get to a bigger apartment or you move into a home, you can add more seats. You can change the covers. And so, you know, then as you get into a life stage of being potentially a young parent, um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the covers are washable and changeable. And so, you know, your child spills something on one cushion, you can take that cover off and wash one cover, you know? And so, and then as you kind of progress, you know, you either, once you get older, we, you know, maybe you're a young professional or have it all, you know, you can continue to expand or even, if you know you're say even say you know a gen x or baby boomer and you have start to have children that are leaving the home and you have a big setup you can actually give pieces to that to your children you know to start their own couch and so we're really fortunate to be able to kind of satisfy the needs of so many different people i would say our core target um are you know young professionals young parents and kind of that have it all group because our you know our products are a premium price product 
um, because of the durability and because of the fact that you can have it for so long and uh, just by nature of the way that they're built. And yeah, absolutely. So we get a lot of, um, you know, like the unboxing experience, you get your box of food and people are kind of showing, look what I just got for my dog or opening it up. Our packs have the dog's name on them. So that's a big, people love that, that personalized aspect. This is, you know, Fido's uh, pack of food. They love sharing that. We also saw um, with our subway ads when they're up, we have um, ads that were saying like long live dogs and a great picture of a dog and our uh, bowl of food and people were just posting that. Um, so it's like, you know, free press right there. And a lot of people love posting that. That's, that's a great thing. That was also a difference. We were having a lot of people posting about their uh, personal loans at Goldman Sachs. So <laughs> it's nice to have this more organic kind of social content, um, which really creates a movement. And I think word of mouth is so important here. Um, where do you get that information when it comes to your dog's health? You trust your friends and family. And if people are posting about it, we encourage that. We'll repost some of our favorite posts on Instagram. Um, we are very involved and we are watching and tracking a lot of what people are putting out there. That's awesome. I do remember the subway ads here in New York. Those were, those were cool, which kind of, you know, I think was an initial reason. I was like, I see those all over. Let's reach out to the farmer's dog mm -hmm. and, and Arnold there. So with that, the, uh, you know, talk to, to me about the, you were saying like the personalization of the dog, like where you could uh, kind of understand their diet uh, and you kind of yeah. customize the plan. I know we're getting a little nitty gritty into the product here, but, you know, talk sure. to me about how you guys are able to customize that for. Uh, yeah. So when you go to the site to sign up, um, you're taking through a questionnaire where you're putting in your dog's information, such as their age, their breed, their activity, activity level, their weight, what their desired weight, if they're overweight, underweight. Um, and we have an algorithm there to really calculate the calories, how many calories they should have. And you can also put in, you know, if they have any allergies to certain foods, we'll obviously flag that certain recipes have those. You won't want to feed those. Um, so then it's, it's really helpful. Um, it's, we're seeing a lot of customers writing in and telling us that this has been really helpful for their dog that was overweight. So there is 56% of dogs are overweight in the U.S., um, it's, but a lot of dogs are weight and the feeding guides on the kibbles are pretty wide. So they tell you, okay, your dog is between a 20 pound uh, weight and you should give it to a cup or a cup and a half of, of the food. That's actually a pretty big range. Um, and a 20 pound difference in a dog is, is massive. Um, and so we are helping people understand more of what they, how much they really should be. And taking the guesswork out, the packs that you get sent say half pack a day or full pack a day. And it makes it really clear and it keeps their calorie intake exactly what it should be. It factors in their activity level. So those on the back of the bags of kibble, they're not saying if it's a very active dog, it obviously needs more calories versus an older dog. Um, so it's just a little more accurate there. And it goes a long way in keeping a dog healthy, getting, make sure that the right weight it prevents arthritis and a host of other issues. So it's uh, more than just the fresh food. Obviously, it's a big part of it, but it's also a, a big uh, thing is portion control. And Arnold, I'm guessing almost all the business is direct to consumer? Yes, yes. We have uh, no retail. It's all online. Gotcha, gotcha. And then how do you kind of see the uh, retail space uh, changing? Do you see a greater number of people going directly to brands uh, or do you see a place for the pet smarts of the world? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So, you know, I think we've been fortunate, <clears throat> you know, there's not a lot of good things happened this year, but with the pandemic, people are not 
having retail, not going to retail. So we've been fortunate to see people wanting this D2C product um, for their dog food. And we're hopeful that we'll see the convenience aspect of it. You know, lugging around a big bag of dog food is not fun. So we're hoping to see the convenience aspect of D2C work. I think um, retail will always be important. Um, there's certain things that you'll want to touch and feel and see and before you just get sent to you. Um, there's also a big um, aspect of like, especially, you know, before the pandemic, last summer we did a booth at Smorgasburg here in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And we had, and it's dog friendly and we had thousands of people come and we had a booth and we had samples. Um, we had a lot of people coming up to us oh, I've seen your ads, I've seen Subway, we always want to try it, but my dog is so picky, they don't need anything, I don't want to order a box and then spend all this money on a box and the dog doesn't like it. Twofold, well, okay, that makes sense. And we were like, well, we have sample right here, just try it, you know, and you put it down and the dog devours it and they immediately <laughs> like want to sign up. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. We'll be back with full episodes in September, but until then, Please tune in for a month of special topic-focused recaps from our season one guests. As always, please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at See you next week.